Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. And if you could welcome our lead pastor, Joe Source. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise God. An awesome weekend to come to church. Awesome weekend. Amen. I'm going to talk to you about a subject this weekend that if it was up to me, I would talk about all the time. Because I sense a fire. I sense a wave of momentum. I sense a wave of the Holy Spirit that just wants to sweep everybody up. God wants to just sweep everybody up into it, empower them, and launch them out to do things like you've never done before in your life. And I pray that this weekend you have the opportunity to grab a hold of this concept. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to inspire you. I'm going to do my best to bring you uh, uh, teaching from the Word of God. And I pray that that teaching goes deep in your heart it sets something on fire, causes you to start thinking differently than you've been thinking. Because uh, here's, one of the, here's one of the flaws that has crept up into the body of Christ, into the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, especially in the past decade or so, is this mindset of thinking small. This mindset of being uh, limited. This mindset of, I can't do this, I can't do that, I'm not enough, I don't have what it takes. And that is crippling and stopping and slowing down the momentum of the Holy Spirit wanting to reach people all throughout this world. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you really encouraged me. Yes. You see what I mean? God is not a God who wants his people to think small. I don't know if that's the concept that you've gotten. I don't know where you learned it from. You didn't get it here. But God does not believe in doing things small. God does not want his people to accomplish anything small. He is a God of abundance. Abundance. Say that word, please. Abundance. Say it like you mean it. Abundance. Let's get that deep in our hearts. He didn't just save you from going to hell. He saved us and gave us an abundant purpose. My purpose is abundant. Amen. Turn to somebody and say that. My purpose is abundance. He plants a desire in our hearts to accomplish something great for him, something that's not only going to bless his heart. I don't think we understand this about God. He doesn't put something inside you just so that he'll be blessed. He puts something inside you that not only is going to glorify him, magnify him, bless him, but in turn is going to have an effect on people around you, possibly affect an entire generation possibly affect an entire nation. Amen. I, wanna, I, was, I was listening to someone on TV yesterday, one of the Christian networks, and this gentleman was, was kind of detailing the history of some of the, some of the, some of the little-known movements that have taken place in Christianity, especially in the past hundred years. In Ghana, West Africa, there is a church, well, it's turned out to be a denomination now, called the Church of Pentecost. Listen to this story. It so fascinated me when I was listening to this yesterday. God spoke to a couple 
a husband and wife in Ireland of all places and speaks to them about going to Ghana in West Africa in 1938. Now, Ghana in 1938, I don't know would be someplace I'd want to go. Okay? Within a few years, they had 200 members. Watch this. At one couple. By 1983, they had 100,000 members. Today, no, that's, that's just seed. Today, there's 3.5 million members in 20,000 congregations all over the world. That happened because one couple accepted the difficult challenge and believed God for big results. God never gives his people anything easy to accomplish. Let's just really be honest about it. Ask me how I know. <laughs> if it's from God, it's going to be frightening. It's going to be impossible to accomplish in your own strength. And if it's not, it's probably not God. Listen to this. In 2 Kings chapter 13, we've got a story. It's based around the prophet Elisha. The prophet Elisha had a relationship with the king of Israel. His name is Joash. Yeah, now, now, at this point in, in time, the prophet Elisha is coming into his last season of life here on the earth. Now, at this point in time, Israel is being oppressed by Syria. Things haven't changed too much in a few thousand years. Okay? Elisha says to Joash, the king of Israel, take hold of these arrows, which are symbolic of him attacking Syria, and strike the ground. Joash took the arrows and struck the ground three times. And that made Elisha mad. 2 Kings 13, verse 19. And the man of God was angry with him and said to him, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. In other words, it's half-hearted. You didn't put your heart into it. You're already, you're already going into it backtracking. You're not committed. You're not devoted. And you're going to get defeated because you did it half-hearted. And God never wants anyone to do anything mediocre and half-hearted. It just doesn't happen that way. God wants us to do things in abundance, in abundance in our efforts and in our commitment. Everything God ordains is going to take abundance. abundance. I don't know why we're afraid of this concept. We've allowed the world, our society, the media, which is full of hell, to, to, to formulate our mindsets in the church. And it is short-circuiting things that God wants to do. I've never seen a time in the 35 years that I've been a Christian, we see so many Christians afraid to take a step, afraid to accept a challenge, afraid to commit, afraid to be all in. Wanting to play it safe. Wanting to make sure, you know, well, you know, I do this, but you know, I don't know. It's not the way God wants us to be. Jesus didn't go half-hearted. Jesus went to the cross 100% committed to the point where they stripped him naked and he still marched through those streets, tortured, back ripped apart, skull pierced, and he went 100%. Amen. Amen. Why? The Bible tells us for the joy that was set before him. 
He endured the cross. You know, you know what that joy is or who that joy is? You and me. 100% committed. Everything God ordains, everything God assigns us to is going to require abundance. It is always, listen, it is always going to require more than you know, and it's always going to require, require more than you can afford. Always. Always. But the rewards are unbelievable. The, 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 the reaping of once we've sowed, you and I don't know ahead of time. We know what God asks us to plant. We know what God asks us to sow. We know when he's requiring us to lay our life down for the gospel. But we have no concept of what it's going to bring back in our lives once we have committed. And that's where faith is required. Amen. Turn to somebody who says, it's going to take faith. Now, money, wealth, finances have always been controversial topics among believers and non-believers alike. We get nervous when we start talking about money. Even just now, when I said money, some of you are like, yeah. <laughs> but it's okay for you to sit around the house and run a cup of coffee and start talking about money. And yet the greatest place where we're going to find answers about financial trouble and financial pressure is in the Bible. And, and the best place for us to talk about finances is right here. And wealth, and wealth, and wealth, and wealth, and wealth. Because it takes wealth to accomplish the ministry. It takes wealth to get the gospel. It takes wealth to meet people's needs. It takes wealth to feed the hungry. It takes wealth to clothe the naked. It takes wealth to bring the homeless out of the woods and put them someplace where they have some dignity. It's going to take abundance. And if you're afraid of that, God's never going to be able to use you as a pipeline to get that to them, to get that there, to get it where it belongs. Hallelujah. I'm glad I came to church this weekend. Now, nobody in here thinks this way, but most people think it's okay for a sinner to have wealth while the devout live in poverty. No, that, that's not God. I don't know where you got that from. Again, you didn't get it here. Most people think it's an ungodly desire to have abundance because they don't understand what abundance really means in the scriptures. I want you to consider this. Every time God gave a project to anyone in the Bible, it required an abundance. It required an abundance of grace, an abundance of faith, an abundance of wealth, an abundance of anointing, an abundance of zeal, an abundance of prayer, and an abundance of material things. Okay? God knows that this planet operates a certain way. He set everything in motion. Jesus himself required all these things in abundance. You know, we get so religious when we read the scriptures. We get so we don't understand that, that Jesus had to run a ministry. Jesus had 12 guys who were depending on him to provide for them so that their families didn't starve while they're out on the road following him. Why do we not get this? What do we think they lived off a of manna that fell out of heaven? It happened once. That was it. He operated in the God kind of faith. Everything he needed, he had. He required grace. He is grace. Amen. And so God, when God supplied grace abundantly in the person of Jesus Christ, he not only put the grace on Jesus, but he allows grace to flow from Jesus. Let me ask you this. 
Do you have grace on your life? Do you have grace on your life? Then it's not on you just for you. It's on you so that it flows from you to others around you. Are you getting this? And so you need abundant grace on your life too. He is the anointed one. In, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. God was with him. Is God with you? Yes. You didn't sound too confident. Some of you are still thinking about it. Is God with you? Yes. Did he not say, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you? Yes. So if he's with you, then his grace is upon you. Amen. And if his grace is upon you, it's upon you for a reason. Not just for you to enjoy his grace. It's for, for the grace of God to pour out from you in abundance. Yes. Jesus had a passion for the plan of God. That passion motivated him in everything that he did. He prayed constantly in order to hear God's plans. And then he operated in abundance in all those things so that he could bring abundant life to every one of us. It's God's desire. It's his desire that every one of his children live an extraordinary life, abundant in purpose, abundant in peace, and abundant in provision. We're supposed to wow this world. I don't mean we're supposed to wow this world with, with the, what, what the world thinks is great. We're supposed to wow this world with our attitudes. Yes. With our desire to passionately love people. And I don't mean love them and keep them the way they are. I mean love them so much that you're willing to bring the message to them that God wants better for you than what you're living right now. And be willing to deliver that message. None of us have ever been created from mediocrity. It's, it just doesn't exist in God's kingdom. God called this ministry, and you in it, if this is your church, to a path of great influence and great impact. Amen. We have never been called to be the cute little church with the white picket fence. It's not us. And we thank God for all the different types of churches that he's established, but we know who we are. We know our call. And that call is to aggressively, say aggressively. Aggressive aggressively spread the word of God in such a way that not only impacts individuals, but entire communities. I dare you. I dare you when you're out and about, especially in this community, to mention the name of this church. And I'm not lifting up our church, but our church represents the gospel and represents the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In Brick, everybody knows about New Beginnings. Everybody knows about the food pantry that has brought relief to thousands of families here throughout the years. At one time, we were known for 180, for the youth ministry. Now, we'll be known for this spectacular new youth facility, which can accommodate hundreds of teens, and we're on our way to filling that place up. Amen. 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 In Bayville, in a few weeks, we celebrate the one-year anniversary of that campus location. Can't believe it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. What a blessing that Bayville has been and continues to be to Central Ocean County. We're experiencing steady buildup. Last year, we hosted two major events there. 
Fall Fest in Babel, we saw over 700 people attend. That was only three weeks after the campus existed. Three weeks after we opened the doors. Over 700 people attended. Last Easter, we saw over 1,000 people attend. And this year, on October the 19th, we expect to see over 1,200 children and adults enjoy a day celebrating God's goodness. Now, can I tell you a little secret and don't tell anybody else? <laughs> can I tell you a little secret? Yes. Tell everybody, t- turn to somebody and say, he's going to tell us a secret. <laughs> but we can't tell anybody. <laughs> Next year, we storm Monmouth County. Again, God never calls any of his people to mediocrity. And we're called to selflessly make all that we are, all that we have, all that we know, all that we're capable of available to make sure that we reach everybody that God puts in our path. God's church must operate in abundance because God has made his grace abundant towards us. We need to make that grace abundant towards others. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more, the, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. It's about reigning. And let, let, me, let, me, just, let me just say some things. I, I want to say some things. And, and I'm not saying things to be abrasive. I'm not saying things to be offensive. I'm not saying things to be... But I do need to make a point. Stop apologizing for being a believer. Stop thinking that you need to act like a second-class citizen. The kingdom of God, Jesus Christ himself, is counting on us to take this message to whosoever will listen. Start thinking abundantly. Start thinking that you have abundant grace within you, that you have abundant strength within you, that you have a voice and that you have a message, and that message is going to set people free. And stop acting like a second-class citizen. Start believing God for you to be able to do great things in people's lives. And that doesn't necessarily always take money. It takes guts. You really think about it, money's easy to come by. Oh, Pastor, no, you, honey, we'll sit down with a cup of coffee and I'll tell you stories that make you realize why I don't have any hair. <laughs> so don't come talking to me about that. I am very qualified to speak on this subject. Because like Paul, I know what it's like to be abased and I know what it's like to abound. Amen. And abounding is a whole lot better. Right. But listen to me. God is counting on you. He's counting on you to reach people that only you can reach. Now, there's, there's, it is no mystery why God has called me, my family, the leadership to this portion of the country. Could you picture me trying to minister to cowboys in Wyoming? <laughs> Could you picture me minister to Cajuns in Louisiana? Maybe a little bit closer. 
But you understand what I'm saying? God knows who to send to who. And you have a unique personality. You have a story. You have life experiences that nobody else has had like you. And so there are other people who, who, who will understand what you've been through. And there's people that you'll understand what they're going through now. And you have a personality and a flavor and a way of conversing and a way of, 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 of just telling your story that's going to cause people to put their guard down so that Jesus Christ by his spirit could come in and go wham and just touch their hearts. People that I'll never get to talk to. And he's not going to send an angel. He's going to send you. But you have to have abundant love for the person that's lost. You have to have abundant passion within you to say, I don't care if they think I'm crazy. I don't care if they never talk to me again. I don't care if they snub me. But I love this person too much to let them go to hell. Amen. That's right. You have to have abundance of generosity in your life. And if, you haven't, if that's not something that's come easy to you, then, then begin to develop that. Start being generous. Give something away that means something to you. Because when you can do that, you have now broken the back of that thing in your life. Be generous with people. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your love. Be generous with what you have. Let me tell you something, okay? No matter how bad it is in this country, we probably, if everybody, let me, let me just say this to you. If we went through our houses, we were just talking about this today. My wife and I were just talking about this today. If, we, if you just go to your house and you started to amass the stuff that you haven't used in the past year, I'm not even talking about the garage or the attic. Just go, when was the last time you used that? When was the last time you used that, that foreman grill? When was the last time you used that, that, that juicer that you bought that you used four times and that fad that you were in for that week? And that was the end. If you just accumulated all those things and, and put them out on a table and sold them, you'd raise enough money to probably pay somebody car payment. Come up, believe God for creative ideas on how to be generous, on how to help people. When you're cooking, when you, some people still do cook. <laughs> when you're cooking a meal, increase it by 50%, put it aside, maybe bring it to somebody down the street from you. Maybe, you got, maybe you've got a senior that's, that's down the street from you that, whose family doesn't come and see them, and just it would bless them so much to say, here, I, I made this meal for you. Start practicing generosity. Are you listening to me? Because yes. if you can go down the street and share a meal with somebody that maybe you don't know that well, guess what? God will start developing a passion in your heart that next time you'll share the bread of life with them. Amen. You're listening. Yes. But start someplace. Abundance. It's the lifestyle of the kingdom of God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Abundance. John 10.10. 10. I know most of us know the scripture could repeat it backwards and forwards. For the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And in original language, it's super abundance. He's a God of extravagance. And again, we don't like that. We don't like that. We don't like to, we, don't, we as Christians, forget about the people outside of, of our faith. We don't like, we, we're ashamed sometimes of extravagance. 
What are you going to say about God? 400,000 types of flowering plants in this world. 900, over 950,000 species of insects. You want to talk about extravagance? I would have made a dozen. <laughs> there are almost 28,000 known species of fish, of which, of which almost 27,000 are bony fish, 970 types of sharks, rays, and eels. Really? Really? And you're afraid of extravagance? What are people going to say about us? Genesis chapter 1, verse 20, then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. Psalm 65, 11, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest and even the hard pathways overflow in abundance. Did you hear that? Even the hard pathways. In other words, even when we got it rough, we're still in abundance. Amen. It's not a coincidence that the Hebrew New Year starts at the fall-time harvest when we have so much evidence of abundance. He's a God of fullness, of plenty, of abundance, over-the-top, overflowing provision. He is not limited by circumstances, seasons, or natural setting. He can provide in the desert as much as he can provide in the vineyard because that's the kind of God he is. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 through 13, you're going to read when you go home. It just, it just, just is overflowing with the abundance of God. In 2000, 2001, New Beginnings only had about 200 people. God challenged us to establish a center in brick for teenagers. God supplied over $30,000. Companies began to donate furniture, chairs. Thousands of teens, young people, prayed to receive Jesus in those early years. In 1 Chronicles chapter 22, David said, Solomon, my son, is young and inexperienced, and the house to be built of the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent, famous and glorious throughout all the countries, and it was. I will now make preparation for it. So David made abundant preparations before his death. By today's standards, the gold and the silver that was used in Solomon's temple, by today's standards, would be worth $216,603,576,000. God's not scared to spend money. God's not scared. Amen. You listening? He's a God of abundance. All the precious metal, the bronze, the gold, the silver. We have seen that. I'm going to share a couple of things with you because I'm trying to inspire you to start thinking big Amen. again. Amen. To start thinking big about what God can do through you. I remember many of you have heard me tell this story throughout the years. In 1992, for some of you, that was a lifetime away ago. We, in another church that I was a part of, I was actually the youth leader there. We threw a Christmas party for all the hotel shut-ins in Seaside Heights. We had 115 children in attendance. Every child received a brand new, brand new clothes, 
set of new clothes. Not used clothes, brand new clothes with the tags on them. Toys, box of food for each family. But what nobody knew was the backstory. That an organization that usually supplies toys at Christmas time, that you throw toys in in boxes when you go to the banks and when you go to uh, supermarkets and stuff like this, at the last minute backed out and denied us any toys. And I was given the opportunity to go before that little congregation of just a couple of hundred people and present to them a challenge. And that little congregation raised every penny we needed to buy the new clothes, to buy the toys, to bring the boxes of food together. And not only that, but to treat 115 children to an awesome Christmas party. When I gave the altar call, out of 115 that were in attendance, 114 raised their hands to ask Jesus to become the Lord of their life. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes God will supply you the money. Sometimes God will supply you the faith. Many of you heard the story of my wife and I. Just a few months before we were going to graduate Bible school, how all of our finances were cut off. And we were faced with the, 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 the possibility of having to quit Bible school and come back to New Jersey prematurely. And God just gave us faith that just came out of heaven to believe him and to trust him. Obviously, you know the story. We finished, we graduated Bible school, we came back here and started a New Beginnings Church. Other times, God will give you an abundance of favor. Thanksgiving in 2004, God moved on the heart of one individual to supply us with a check for $10,000. And that Thanksgiving, we fed over 750 seniors, preached the gospel, and had enough money left over to launch Christmas Candyland that took place in our brick campus where over 900 people came through. More recently, within the past couple of years, many of you were aware of the fact that Pastor Cap and I, by the grace of God, had the ability to walk into the office of one of the local churches here in Tom's River and present them with a check to pay off their mortgage. Amen. Abundance. God is a God of abundance. Amen. That one act of us paying off that balance launched this church into a whole different level of ministry and a whole different strategy for Ocean County. Amen. Just recently, we supplied enough school supplies through you for an elementary school in Bayville and two elementary schools in Brick. Now, again, on October the 19th, we expect to bless over 1,200 children and adults at our annual Fall Fest. We're celebrating the harvest, the goodness of God. Where children and grown-ups are going to enjoy free rides, and it's going to be much bigger than it was last year. Free bounce houses. We're prepared to distribute 1,000 slices of pizza, 1,000 hot dogs, 500 cheeseburgers, and hundreds and hundreds of pounds of candy. So all the dentists in Ocean County, you can send us a thank you card. Additionally, additionally, what we're going to feature this year is an opportunity for people to hear the gospel and to receive prayer at that same event. It's all because we serve a generous God who loves and we do things in extravagance and in excellence. Some of you might say that sounds 
extremely extravagant. Yeah, it sounds like God. Amen. Sounds like God. Remember, Jesus was not satisfied to feed the 5,000 with just enough for each person to have a little bit. They were all fed to the point where the disciples had to go and pick up 12 basketfuls of leftovers. God sent Jesus to release us from the results of the sin in the garden. Train yourself to start thinking abundantly because that mentality of lack and mentality of poverty is not something that your Father in heaven put in you because it does not reflect his image and his likeness. If you find yourself falling prey to that, that, that poverty mentality, that lack mentality, that you're always, even if God speaks to you and puts something up in your heart, the first thing you think is, I, I, I can't afford to do that. You never make a decision based on what God tells you according to what you think you can afford. Because if he tells you to do something, it's not about what you can afford, it's about what he can afford. How many of you agree he can afford a lot more than you can? Stop thinking that way. Pastor, what are you talking about all this money and stuff? Why are you talking about so much money and stuff? Because that's the most common denominator with all of us. Because I'm challenging you. If you can start becoming generous with your money and with the things that you have, you will start training your soul to start thinking generous with your love, with your time, with your forgiveness. Because if you can part with what's in your wallet, there's very few things that you're not going to be able to part with. Are you listening to me? We are God's representatives on this earth. The lost of this world cannot afford to have a church that is stingy, cannot afford to have a group of people that are not willing to lay their lives down. The lost of this world needs someone who is willing to say, fine, if I have to give up what I have, if I have to turn away from my own life and the things that I want, I'm going to invest my life in the life of another person who does not know Jesus yet. Watch this. Just like somebody else invested their life in me. You listening? Yes. Now, I want you to understand this because I'm wrapping this up. The Lord was willing to invest Jesus, his only son, in your life so that you could be saved and you could spend eternity in heaven. Do you think that he would withhold anything that you need? So, so I'm going to wrap this up and pray a prayer Actually, two prayers. I'm going to pray for those that are in need but are afraid to plant something that's going to meet that need. Because you can't eat something you don't plant. And then I'm going to pray for those who have not yet received that abundant grace that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, you have not yet received salvation. Can you please join me in your hearts? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person that's listening. Father, for those that are in need, for those that are under the pressure of finance, Father, for those that have grown up in in a household or in a family or in an atmosphere where there was constant pressure about lack, 
constant lack. We can't afford that. We've never had any money. We'll never have any money. We'll never be able to do nice things. Father, I break that thing off of every single person in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that your grace would allow us to broaden our horizons and to start thinking abundantly and start trusting you abundantly, Father God, because you are very capable of supplying all of our needs and bringing us to a place, Father, that through generosity and through the sowing and reaping process, Father, you can take us from the the place of lack to the place of abundance in, in, in no time whatsoever. So Father, I pray for those individuals. And Lord, I pray for those who have not yet experienced the abundance of peace, the abundance of joy, the abundance of contentment, the abundance of of just having that, that knowing that if we were to take our last breath, we would be forever in your presence. God, I pray for those who have not yet experienced that abundance. In the name of Jesus, I pray that they would open up their hearts and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that they would confess with their mouth what they believe in their hearts, that Jesus Christ is indeed the Son of God, and that he did come to this earth to die on the cross and pay for our sins, and that he has been risen from the dead so that we can enjoy abundant life here on earth and eternity with him. Father, I pray these things and we receive them by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.